The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Okay, Ned Yost haters, we are just going to warn you up front, you ain't going to like this dish here on Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo. As we tell you tonight, three ways that Ned Yost very easily could have won this game for the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, welcome in. It's a 7-4 Royals victory over the Rockies as KC now moves to an unfathomable 15-4 in interleague play. And the Royals are just one win away from winning their ninth series in a row. They also own the third best road record in the major leagues now. The Royals are at 37-27 and 27 on the road, only behind the Dodgers at 40-26 and 26, and Baltimore at 38-26. and 26. The Royals' third best road record in the major leagues. And on Ned Yost's birthday, the Royals did it as they have the entire second half here. Great pitching, good defense, frenzy hitting. Got the job done. And, yeah, I'm going to tell you three different ways that Ned Yost could have directly won this game for the Royals. Now, we say that with an asterisk by that because I don't believe a manager wins or loses more than a couple games either way per year all on their own. But for as many Royals fans as, you know, do the boom Yosted tag and uh, hashtag on Twitter and, and try to say that Ned Yost loses three to ten games a year. I've heard some people try to claim he's lost 15 games. Give me a freaking break. For every quote-unquote game you think he lost where a move he made may have led to a bad thing, well, of course, A, we don't know what would have happened had he done what you wanted him to. May have lost it anyways in those games. But B, how about all the games the Royals win and moves he makes that work? He never gets credit for. Well, tonight we're going to give you three ways he may have directly won this game for the Royals tonight. Give those haters a big old glass of haterade. (laughs) That was a horrible joke. That's like 1993 right there which is about the last time the Royals were this hot. It's a sad thing. 94, the last time they were 15 over 500. And let's talk about the seventh inning tonight when the Royals broke through with their frenzy hitting for the first time. They were trailing 2-1, to one, had that big three-run rally that started with two outs and nobody on base. And let's get right to reasons one and two that Ned Yost may have single-handedly won this game tonight for the Royals. Again, I don't believe a manager really ever single-handedly wins or loses a game, but I'm just pointing out, playing devil's advocate for all the negativity, how Ned Yost and Dayton Moore seem to get no credit right now. I'm going to give you an example here, three examples of how Ned could have won this game. And number one is the biggest one of all tonight. So let's recap. James Shields has gone six innings, given up two runs on nine hits, struck out six, walked one. So James Shields, another very nice outing. It's it's Colorado. The nine hits might be a little bit high from what you'd like, but it's still Coors Field. He pitched fine. Six innings of two-run ball, nine hits, six Ks, and one walk. So striking out a hitter per inning. Most importantly, Shields is just at 95 pitches. So easily, James Shields had 20 pitches left in the arsenal, especially with an off day on Thursday. So Shields had one more inning left in him without a problem. Okay? The Royals have two outs and nobody on. They're hitting on the top of the seventh. I thought to myself at that point, coming into the inning, here's what I thought. I thought coming in, if it's two on and nobody out, you probably just bunt shields and bunt them over. If it's first and second, you leave them in there. Or if there's two outs, nobody on, you leave them in because you're probably not going to score with two outs and nobody on. I thought if there was one out and one on, you pinch hit for him. But I expected James Shields to hit with two outs and nobody on. He's a decent hitter. And the Royals still had two more chances to tie or win the game in the eighth and ninth against a very leaky Rockies bullpen. So I thought Ned would just go ahead and let Shields hit there. I don't think it's a right or wrong move either way in that situation. You know, It's not a must-win game. 
James Shields was pitching very well. He has another inning in him. You're facing a really bad bullpen. You still have two more chances to make up one run at Coors Field. So I don't think there's a. I don't think it would have been wrong if he would have left James Shields in, and I don't think necessarily it would have been the right move the way he did it. But the way he did it worked, as he has Josh Willingham come out and pinch hit. Josh slaps a base hit up the middle, and that starts the rally that turned the entire game around. Because honestly, if the Royals don't score there, if James Shields hits that go into the eighth inning down two to one. They still could have won the game, but the whole pitching becomes different. We don't know when they make the moves, if if Clint Hurdle makes different moves based on the eighth inning. I'm not that familiar with the Rockies' bullpen to sit here and break it down to you, but the whole game changes if James Shields hits there, most likely. So give Ned big, big credit there because it turns out it led to three runs. It got James Shields a victory tonight, and the Royals a victory. As after Willingham walks, excuse me, after Willingham gets the base hit, then you have Nori Aoki, who has the most unheralded bat at bat of the game as he walks. He's down 0-2 with a runner at first and two outs. Down 0-2, Nori works the walk and a very good at bat, especially after a boneheaded play earlier in the game that took the Royals out of an inning when he tried to steal third base with two outs and Salvia got thrown out as the call was overturned after the challenge by Clint Hurdle and the Rockies. So just a great at bat by Nori. Give him big credit. You have first and second. And then the second way Nedios won this game happened. Omar Infante came up, and Omar Infante, people have been screaming and yelling he shouldn't be in the two-hole, and Christian Colon should be in there. And I admit, I, I thought perhaps Christian Colon should have played a couple days ago, let alone tonight. You know, Colon's been a nice little spark plug since coming up, and, and Infante's been struggling for several weeks now. But Ned stuck with him, maybe stubbornly. We've said before on this on this very show that sometimes Ned is too stubborn. We've said that before. But he left him in, he stuck with this guy, and what did Omar Infante do that at bat? He doubled in the tying run and the go-ahead run. So number one, that same inning, Ned Yost decided to pinch hit for Shields, which is not an obvious move. Don't tell me that's an obvious move. Not with 95 pitches, the way Shields was throwing with two more chances to hit against a bad bullpen. Number one, he did that, which is the biggest thing he did tonight. Number two, he stuck with Omar tonight. And in general, Omar tonight finished with four hits, four RBIs, and three doubles. Salvi finishes off that inning for good measure, getting the Royals there three innings, and then they got three more in the eighth inning, and that's the third time that Nedios did something tonight. This is separate. Actually, well, this is not one of the three reasons. I'll give you three reasons he won the game. This is not the third reason he won the game. It's just another example of what he did tonight. In the eighth inning, he brought in Christian Cologne to pinch hit. He worked the walk. Another good Nedios move. Two for two on pinch hits tonight. Just pointing out all the things that Ned did well tonight. I mean, he basically was flawless tonight. So then... The Royals' offense just ended up having a nice night. I mean, I thought they had a bad approach the first six innings. I even tweeted out that even for this offense, they were having, they were swinging at pitches they normally don't swing at. Even for this offense, for this free swinging offense, I thought they were bad in the first six innings tonight. Swinging at a lot of pitches they normally don't even swing at. But then the third way Nedios won this game is sticking with Kelvin Herrera there in the bottom of that seventh inning. The Royals just took the lead. Back to back walks he has. He. Walks, Drew Stubbs, and Justin Morneau. Bottom of the seventh, two on and nobody out. Would have been very easy to delay, panic, go out and get him out, get somebody up, take him out. He didn't, though. And Nolan Arenado grounds it to a double play. Corey Dickerson grounds out. Sticks with this guy once again. Doesn't panic. Gets the job done. Ned Yost, we've seen one constant with him is he believes in his players, and he will stick with them time and time and time again. And when it doesn't work, it's stubbornness. But when it works, give the damn guy some credit, especially on his birthday tonight. And we're doing that. Like, like I mentioned, the eighth inning, he pinch hits for Christian Cologne. That works. Casey gets three. 
He does his best to keep Holland out by going to Bueno, who was the best choice in that situation with Frazier and Crow struggling. Didn't work out, but gets Holland in at the right time. I'm just saying Nedios did every damn thing right, right tonight. He was like 7-for-7 seven seven in moves tonight because he did not call that Aoki steal. That was Aoki getting the green light to steal. So give Ned big credit tonight. I'm sorry, haters. Boom, Yosted. You were Yosted tonight. Did everything right. And again, I'm not somebody who would call myself a huge Ned Yost fan. I, I think he's an average major league manager. But I'm just pointing out, for all the flag he takes and the ridiculous amount of negativity towards Ned Yost, he's not that bad of a manager. And arguably won him a game tonight with his managing. I gave you, what, five or six reasons. I gave you three main reasons, but easily five or six reasons in there. Another fantastic night for the Royals. 15 over 500 right now. They're going for that ninth straight series win tomorrow. I got to give a shout out, too, by the way, to my boys, Calvin Herrera. 20 and a third consecutive scoreless innings. Somehow, many on Royals Facebook and Twitter seem to think he's having a bad year still. <laughs> it just makes you want to laugh sometimes. Wade Davis, 21 and two thirds. He's saying, hey, Kelvin, anything you can do, I can do better. I've got 21 and two thirds scoreless innings. That means the seventh and eighth innings for the Royals when those two pitch. Essentially, it's like. That's like 43 innings where <laughs> where you don't score if you count the seventh and eighth of those two combined on, on those nights. It's absolutely awesome. So the Royals go for their ninth straight series win tomorrow. Tomorrow's a gravy game. I, I feel like Detroit's about to get hot right now, so you don't want to call anything a gravy game at this point. You want to just keep stockpiling wins because you're, you may need every single one of them by the end. I still think 91 will win this division, but it could take 92 or 93 upwards so you just got to keep winning games and not leave it up to the last week you don't want to you don't want to be the last week into the place where you have to have them lose you'd like to have a lead going into that final week and to do that you'd like to have a three or four game lead when you face detroit for six games in september you know so you just split and they don't gain anything on you but anyway i digress let's get that win tomorrow if we can it's kind of a gravy game they don't have to win surely salvi gets a day off right he had a rough night got a what a couple foul balls off of him and when he was catching and hit one off his foot when he was hitting. Seems like Salvi should get a day off, especially after being sore last night. The Royals don't have to have to win tomorrow. Give them tomorrow plus Thursday. Get them healthy for Texas. I know perhaps maybe you don't want to give them tomorrow off because Kratz will catch one in Texas no matter what, but just think that Salvi deserves a night off after tonight. Solid league average starter, Jorge De La Rosa. We, of course, know a lot about him. 12-8 and eight with the 4-3-2 is De La Rosa towards the twilight of his career now but have it, he had a, actually if you look at his numbers had a damn damn well you know good career very very nice career for Jorge De La Rosa we had him in KC you thought he was decent but didn't think he would last this long so congratulations to him on a great career let's hope we rough him up tomorrow and then he finishes strong this year plus one or two more years I imagine he probably has two and a half years left in him as an MLB pitcher so we'll see what happens Danny Duffy against De La Rosa tomorrow so obviously it's a Royals edge I don't think it's a huge Royals edge I think it's an edge obviously because Danny Duffy's been pitching amazing, arguably the third best pitcher in the American League, left left handed wise. You could you can put him up there. So, it's it's exciting. We'll see what happens coming up tomorrow night here on Clubhouse Conversation as the Royals play a game where it's not a must win. Just enjoy it tomorrow. Hopefully they'll pull out the win, but if not, no big deal. They're still on pace to have a great road trip. But I, I'm selfish. I want that ninth series win in a row. And hey, so, and one more thing. If you saw Sports Illustrated is now out. With Billy Butler on the cover, the Royals being featured regionally. You know, all the people saying jinx, you can't jinx this, man. The Royals train's coming through. This is a team of destiny, baby. I like where it's going. Thanks for having us on here on Clubhouse Conversation, and we will talk to you soon. Have a great night, and go Royals.